The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Dose of Leadership Podcast, episode 268. Welcome to another episode of the Dose of Leadership podcast, the show that brings you inspiring and educational interviews with today's most relevant and motivating leaders. Each episode is dedicated to highlight real-life leadership and influence experts who dedicate their lives to the pursuit of the truth, common sense, and courageous leadership. And now, here's your host, Richard Ryerson. Hey, hey, welcome to Dose of Leadership, episode 268. Today we have on the show, Charlie the Spaniard Brenneman. Really fun conversation. He, Charlie, is a professional mixed martial arts fighter, turned into speaker, author, mentor, leadership coach. And it all started with him. He was a pretty successful uh, high school wrestler, and he took that success as a top high school wrestler to Lock Haven University, where he, again, achieved a top 12 finish in Division One Nationals and first team all academic. And he graduated uh, college. Went back to his hometown, had his dream job, he said. He was going to be a Spanish teacher, and he did that for three years, pursuing his master's degree at the same time. But he got this edge, or this itch, you will, if you will, and he wanted to do more. The competitiveness was still in him. He wanted to fulfill something, and he started doing some investigating, and he found that mixed martial arts was the answer. And so in 2007, He left the comfort of his hometown, his dream job, his full-time job as a Spanish teacher, and he began to pursue a career in mixed martial arts, right? And he soon found himself at the entry level of the industry, including getting into the uh, UFC, did 11 fights there. He upset number six-ranked Rick Story in 2011, and he went head-to-head with some of the best fighters in the world, including Johnny Hendricks and number one-ranked light heavyweight Anthony Rumble Johnson. And he took those experiences, you know, that kind of listening to that fear and facing those fears and, and kind of battling those inner, inner demons and seeking the competitiveness. And he transitioned those experiences, if you will, as a professional fighter into the world of speaking, mentoring, talking about leadership. But for him, it's all about creating a culture, culture of excellence. And I love that. And he's really passionate about teaching kids. Um, and he's just kind of getting into this world, but I'm just very, I was fascinated with this conversation. I'm fascinated with Charlie. I look forward to collaborating with him in the future. But he's, the thing I like about him is he's got that intensity of will coupled with this degree of humility. And that's the ultimate combination, right? To me, I think that's the ultimate goal. That's what we should be striving for as leaders is have that intensity of will, have that competitive spirit, but just make sure the intentions of what we're being competitive for and about is serving and and adding values to others, adding value to others. And so I love how Charlie takes this very real, this authentic look at what it takes to succeed both in and out of the ring, and he applies it to life. And I love his perspective about how uh, you can overcome setbacks and failures and apply it towards success and significance. That's what it's all about. You're really going to enjoy this conversation. Again, thank you so much for being a fan of this show. Please take the time, if you haven't done so already, to leave a rating and review on iTunes or Stitcher. 
subscribe, rate, and review, or subscribe to this on your mobile device. And uh, if you're wanting any more information about um, how you can support this show, it's a free resource for you. But if you want to support the show, I'd be highly appreciative. Go to patreon.com slash dose of leadership, or you can go to my website, doseofleadership.com, and you can follow the links where it says support us on Patreon in the left sidebar or in the menu. And if you want any more information about my speaking, my coaching, my masterminds, and how I can support you more directly in your leadership journey, go to richardryerson.com, and you can learn all about the services that I provide. And I'd love to hear from you, too. You can reach out to me directly there on the contact page or email me directly at richard at doseofleadership.com. I'd love to hear where you're at in your leadership journey. I hear from people every week, and I promise you I respond to every email. So if you've got any questions... Feel free to reach out or just let me know what you think about the show or where you're at in your journey. I'd love to hear from you. Again, thanks for being a supporter. And without further ado, it's a great conversation. You're really going to like this one with Charlie the Spaniard Brenneman here on Dose of Leadership. Well, Charlie the Spaniard Brenneman, what an honor to have you on the show. Welcome to Dose of Leadership. I appreciate being here. I'm, uh, you know, we were talking a little bit pre-show, but I'm excited because it. I feel like it's a little bit off of your your normal guest <laughs> and... I was looking at your list of guests and listening, and it's it's pretty awesome to be here. Yeah, well, I'm I'm excited because I like to shake things up. You know, you can only talk to so many CEOs and and uh, motivational speakers and authors, right? I got to get the uh, the MMA fighter on the board. I got to get that. You're the first one, so this is we're breaking new ground here at Dose of Leadership. And it'll be interesting also because that's the world I'm now getting into: yeah. speaking and coaching and teaching. So you know, it'll be neat to kind of go before you know before they before they were stars <laughs> that's right that's where that's i'm right at right now you know i very interested about i've always been fascinated about um fighting in general i mean the first time that i when i was in the marine corps going to flight school we had to box we had to do two weeks of boxing and when when you when you haven't fought um i you think it's just kind of um it's all about brute force and strength it is a thinking man's game it's almost like chess is it not yeah, absolutely. And, and especially with boxing, you know, mixed martial arts, what I do, you know, I, I rely heavily on my wrestling background and my wrestling game. Yeah. But boxing, I mean, it's, it's, there's nothing to hit. It's your hands and your face pretty much and some body shots. So there's yeah. nowhere to hide. Well, even in wrestling, though, like in, I was always fascinated about wrestling because you have to think two or three moves ahead almost. Or am I, am I simplifying it? Or I mean, that's why I always sucked at wrestling because I couldn't, you know, it's like I'm, I'm thinking about what's happened to me right now, which you have to, but yeah. you got to think ahead. Yeah, you're after the, it's too late. And yeah, and I think a lot of the reason, you know, if you watch high level, I don't know if, if any, you or anyone would have watched the, the Olympic trials or even mm-hmm. uh, Division One nationals a couple weeks ago. You know, it looks like, what are they doing? They're not doing anything. They're just standing there. Right. But if you would put a civilian in that, they would mat, be down on that mat. Right. It would be like a field day for that wrestler. So it's it's amazing that you know when you put that that uh, as you were saying, not just the muscle, not just the force, but the technique and the 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 tact. Yeah, you know, it's a whole other level. It's a thinking man's. It's it just really is. I mean, I've always been impressed by it. And you look at some of the great MMA fighters. Um, they're highly intelligent, kind of almost, um, you know what I mean? It's like they've got an intellectual c- capacity or capability that, that I think gets overlooked sometimes for, for the non, um, kind of the casual observer. Yeah. And generally the way it works, you know, it, it both intellectually, but also, you know, uh, personality wise, the best fighters in the world 
uh, I'm going to say we, I don't often include myself in that because I just think of me as you know, a little old Spaniard, uh, but we don't have anything to prove to anyone about anything. Right. So oftentimes it's just, you know, very chill, relaxed human beings. Yeah. That's just fascinating. But we're jumping ahead. I'm getting in. We're talking about the, the techniques and the tactics of, of fighting and wrestling. But how did it start for you? I mean, obviously in your bio, you were had a successful wrestling career. But what was the dream then? Okay, you're going through, through high school wrestling. What did you want to be when you grew up, I guess? You know, it's funny when I do – uh, speaking events and presentations, I always talk about Rocky. I, I want, I mean, to answer your question very plainly, I want to be Rocky Balboa. That's what I've wanted to be since I was a kid. And, and, and wrestling was the, you know, I was thinking about this today, all the different things I've done and what I truly love, you know, so, so the vision was to be Rocky Balboa. Wrestling was the vehicle to kind of make that happen early on. And in essence, wrestling became a part of me. After wrestling was over, everything I'm doing now is just another expression of what wrestling did for me, uh, you know, and that includes mixed martial arts. And what was it? What did it do for you? What does it do for you? It gave me a sense of purpose, a sense of being, a sense of, of you know, I, I just I, – I don't want to say addicted in a negative way, but I, I, I love – the good and the bad that come with a life of dedicating yourself to goals. You know, yeah, I, yeah. if, if I would add up all of the heartbreak and all of the triumph that I have experienced in my competitive career, the heartbreak far outweighs the triumph. So then it becomes, well, why do you do it? <laughs> and it truly is about the journey and the process mm -hmm. of the doing that I really value. I love that. You know, it, it is true. I think that if you're going to achieve anything of significance, no matter what you do, from starting a business to starting a career or doing whatever it is, you have to – it, 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 part of the admission to the game is suffering. It has to be, yep. right? And it's not Absolutely. suffering for suffering's sake, but it's because the significance can't happen without suffering, I don't think. Exactly. No one. Yes. And it, it sounds so cliche. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm a very, very strong believer in the process. And, and it, it took me till the end of my competitive career or just about to really believe that it's not about just winning and losing, because that sounds like mm -hmm. such a cop out. That sounds like such a everybody wins. It's not about winning and losing. Well, it is. Right. But in the big picture of life, it's truly not. Yeah, I mean, we want to win. I mean, we're we're in it to win it. But the richness in, comes from really actually, you know, getting defeated, getting knocked down, getting back up again, all of that, right? I mean, that's where the the character is shaped. That's where the and that's where I think when you said you love the good and the bad, you gotta you gotta love the whole package, right? You have yeah. to. You know, we spend our whole life thinking that victory or the title or the medal is the icing on the cake, but really it's not. It's the other way around. The yeah. icing on the cake is that win or lose, you get to carry that whole journey with you forever, uh -huh. and nobody can take that away from you. Yeah, that's a good way to look at it. You're absolutely right. I think sometimes, when, and you hear that, I've, I've, um, well, I've experienced it myself, where you were so focused on the winning or the goal, and you got there, and it was almost anticlimactic when you. You got the acknowledgement, the ribbon, the medal, whatever it is, and you start to evaluate it. And it was like, I really enjoyed, you know, being in the mud, actually. You know what I mean? It was that it, the fact that you're in the mud, then you got out of it was, was which was yeah. so enriching, no matter if you got the medal or not. 
And what happened to me, especially in, in, in professional fighting, because in wrestling, it, it was different. You know, you competed multiple times in a week and the, the next month, you know, there was so many. But with professional fighting, you most of the time don't compete for, you know, two, three, four, five, six months in between competitions. So I just got into this routine. You know, I've had 27 professional fights. I got in this routine where life was great if I won. Life was terrible if I lost. Right. And I just got sick of it. I, mm -hmm. I didn't. I didn't want to live that life and be that person. And so it took a complete, you know, uh, mindset shift to kind of accept a new paradigm. So here you are as a as a Spanish teacher, right? You're you're a full time teacher, Spanish teacher, high school or what grade level are you teaching? Uh, junior and senior high. Junior and senior high school. And at some point, you said, you know what? I'm going to dip my foot into the MMA pool. What prompted that? It's really it's a it's a very funny story and I'm, I smile I actually <laughs> smile or laugh when I talk about it but I had done everything I thought I wanted to do I got home from college I went back to my hometown I got a job I walked right into a position that was essentially held for me to take and then it was like I was where I thought I wanted to be mm. where I was supposed to be and I just thought Immediately, I thought, I'm done, man. I am just cruise, control, competition, challenge, perseverance, sacrifice. It's over. Right. And then I realized that that life of that life I lived was now me, you know, and mm -hmm. I couldn't live without that. And I'm not a fighter by any means. The only fight I've been in is because I couldn't outrun the other kid. You know, that's why <laughs> right. I got beat up. And right. I was 12 years old. But in between class one day, I saw, uh, thing online that a friend of mine, Frankie Edgar, who went on to become a UFC champion and still is at the top of the game. I saw that he signed with the UFC and it was like, boom, wait, whoa. I thought, you know, he wasn't much better than I was in college. Maybe I can do that. And then I got home from school that day. I called my best friend and I said, I'm going to be a UFC fighter. And he said to me, and this changed, this changed my life. He said, I have no doubt that you will because you do everything that you said that you say you're going to do. Mm -hmm. And it was like, holy cow, someone else thinks that about me. You know, <laughs> I never thought of that before. Yeah. I love that story. You know, it is amazing. When you think back, I was talking with somebody about this the other day. When you do when the significant events happen in your life, it's almost like you, you don't even think about it very long. You know, from what I heard yeah. from you, it's like you just you make that decision, you do it. I can think I can think about a handful of instances of, and they've made been significant positive impacts in my life. I did it. I didn't even think about it. I didn't do a pros or cons list. And I love how you just like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to be a UFC fighter because you saw someone that you knew did it before you and you just decided to do it. But what I'm curious, do you know why you wanted to do it? I mean, if you look back now, why did you want to do that? It, it wasn't the fighting that I was after. It was the outlet for, my assets and my um, traits that I needed to express. And, and those traits and those assets were physical strength, endurance, the ability to control a person, um, mm -hmm. the ability to overcome obstacles, the mm -hmm. ability to persevere, the ability to set and pursue goals. It was like I needed an outlet for that. Right. And I looked around me and I thought, okay, triathlons, no, not a good swimmer. Um, you know, adventure races, mm, not really my thing. I like them, but I don't love them. And then it was like, boom, fighting. There it is. That is an extension of wrestling. And that is what I'm most well equipped for. Yeah. 
it's a it's interesting when you said that you kind of you you got this job that was helpful. You went back to your hometown. It's and I I've, I've know so many people and myself included guilty of this like we do what we think we're it, it, was it more what was what you thought you were supposed to do what was expected of you what I mean what was it why did you pursue the safe path I guess or the comfort path. No, you know, for me, it was truly what I wanted. Yeah, I, nobody, yeah. nobody pressured me. I, I love my town. I love where I'm from, Holidaysburg, Pennsylvania. I'm, 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 I just, I don't live there now, but I, I eventually plan to move back. I loved it. I loved everything. But then when I got to college, it was kind of like I was changing, but I didn't know it. You know, I, mm-hmm. I'm a, um, I was a Spanish teacher. I've traveled internationally, and you know, from. 19 to 20, I don't know, five or 26, I was traveling the world and meeting these new people and these new experiences. And then when I got back to what I had always wanted, I realized I'm a little different now than I was before. Right. Continue to go. And so you hit, hit, made the decision to go UFC. I mean, how do you get started in that? What did you do? Who did you call? How did you, how did you start that process? Where did you go? This, yeah, this is like a, a very – it's not profound, but it is profound. So how did I get that process started? Well, I went to the phone book. I looked up gyms. I contacted a gym, and I went there, and I did class. That's that. That's how it starts. <laughs> they it a, starts by doing. They had an so MMA, just, like a mixed martial art class or UFC fighting class? I mean what was the class? It, well, one of the components of mixed martial arts, if you break the word down, mixed martial arts, that just means there's a variety of martial arts. Gotcha. And back then, I mean, right now you could walk into any martial arts gym and take a quote MMA class. Back then you couldn't because it was, you know, it was still relatively new. But what they did have was they had jujitsu class and they had Muay Thai or boxing, which are components of the sport. So I went to a jujitsu. And that's what I began familiarizing myself gotcha. with. Shortly thereafter, I went to a Muay Thai, which is kickboxing. And then at some level, you got you, you just kind of enter yourself in a local competition or a regional. I mean, how do you get involved in in the actual competitions? Yeah, that's that's. I always I tend to put the cart before the horse. <laughs> um, you know, so I put myself in these situations and think, oh crap, I better perform. So yeah, after a very very short time of training, I, I didn't know how to fight. I, I just knew how to wrestle. I uh, entered myself in an amateur fight in a town called Steubenville, Ohio. Oh, and if anyone is in the Pittsburgh area or has a chance, Steubenville is a very unique place. It was. Oh, exactly. It was basically an amphitheater of drunk, screaming, <laughs> oh rowdy, blue collar, hardcore, want to see blood people. And here, my me and my family of from Pleasantville walk into <laughs> Steubenville and, and have my first professional fight. It was quite interesting. Oh my god! So you walk in there, and who was the who was the guy that you were fighting? Do you remember his name? His or? name His name was Kellen Hughes, and uh, he ended up being a pretty good fighter. I, I did win. I I was in danger of getting choked out, but you know that that started me in my amateur career. I, I said professional a minute ago. I meant amateur, and uh, I thought I honestly thought I'm one and done, man. That I did it. That's all I want to do. You did it, and I okay. So when you're standing there, were you were you scared? I mean, what was the level of of uncertainty, scared, <laughs> doubt? What was going through your head? 
It was a total. I've had 27 professional fights, and it hasn't changed one bit. As soon as that door closed and they start announcing your name, oh my god! It was what in the heck am I doing? Yeah. What have I done? And then, and then it becomes, oh crap, he's running towards me. I better fight. Wow. And that's exactly how it goes down. Man, I just can't imagine. That would just be frightening to me. But I mean, I guess that's where you. That's that's where kind of life begins. If you can get comfortable with that, I think that's what it's all about. And again, it's not seeking that feeling for feeling's sake. I think it's just, that's the ultimate of pushing yourself out of the comfort zone. You know? Yeah, I agree. I agree wholeheartedly with what you said. I, it's not like I, I just like frivolously pick crazy things to do. I mean, they have to be relevant to me. Yeah, they have right, to, right. they have to serve my bigger purpose and vision. Um, but two things, you know, to, to kind of give actionable or strategic, um, you know, spinoff here. So you, you are, you do think, you know, you have two, three months of, of thinking I'm going to fight this guy, right. In three months, he is training every day to beat me up and to possibly hurt me. So you have that to deal with. And then when you actually get in the cage, you're still thinking, but what I've learned that, that really helps to, to, to quell all of that, uh, and negative anxiety is in preparation. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's so reassuring when you know, I did it all. I did everything, you know, it's similar to getting on an airplane when you buckle in, it's kind of like your, your fate is in a power greater than you. And it's, it, I kind of feel that way walking into a fight. It's like, I've done everything. Now it's, it's up to the universe. That's a great way to look at it. You're right. If you're absolutely prepared, you know you've done everything that you could possibly do to to get you to this point. There's not one other thing you could have done. Let's just and let's just see how what what happens. Right? Yeah. That's a great way to look at it. And so is that the le- so you make it through this career, 11 fights in the UFC, is that right? Is that how many you did in the actually UFC? Yeah, I've had 27 total and 11 in the UFC. 11 UFC. And then at what point did you decide to stop? I mean, what point did you say, "Okay, I've had enough?" Well, I haven't really um, decided to stop. Uh, what happened is I got – so throughout the course of my career, uh, you know, I had a very up and down career, very hot uh, off the bat. And then the second – so I got released from the UFC. I, I won a bunch of fights. Then I got back in the UFC and I lost three fights in a row. So I got released. So essentially if you think of you know other more familiar professional sports, just just picture a veteran getting released from an NFL team. Now – What's happened to me is I'm I'm getting offers to fight, but as a 35 year old with you know a wife and daughter and mortgage and and future goals and plans, I'm not okay fighting for two thousand dollars anymore. You know, <laughs> right, ten years right. ago that was great. Now it's not great, and right. and I just something kind of prevalent in in MMA. You know, guys will fight for pennies and not think twice about it. But I I really value the work and the the life that I've put in. And I, I'm choosing to do other things because I'm not I'm not going to risk my health and well being for that you know uh, pennies. Yeah, fair enough. I think it's important. And, and you've certainly everything you've done has brought you to the point where you are right now, even sitting there talking to me today. So what is the, you know, what is the purpose and vision now? I mean, what are you trying to uh, to do with all of this collective experiences? Where's the dream now? You know, I, I it's funny that so I I listen to a lot you know, podcasts, what you do, you bring people like you who have these podcasts and bring these great minds. Uh, And I'm truly honored to be in that crowd. 
But one thing that, that, that I've done as a result is I have a very regimented morning routine. And this morning I was running sprints at 6 a.m. on our high school track, <laughs> looking around, thinking there's not another soul here awake. <laughs> right. and, and, and I thought, what, why am I doing this? You know, what is it for? And I truly, it, it, my, my soul being is to positively impact people around me, to inspire other people. So if me getting up and running on the track at six in the morning can inspire the construction worker doing his job, thinking, well, that kid's crazy, look at him, to just do a little better, mm -hmm. then that's my purpose. Yeah, I love that. It's adding, you know, I love that answer for a whole host of reasons, but pr primarily because what we talk about here on the show is it is – this journey that we're, everybody's on, no matter what the vehicle you use to do it, everybody's trying to do the same thing. And that is to do something of significance. You know, I think we're put on this earth in this universe to do something of significance. And that means getting out of your comfort zone. And like to your and, point, go ahead, f finish. Uh, you go ahead. Sorry to cut you off. Well, I was just going to say that what I love about your answer was the intentionality of adding value to other people. That's why you're doing what you're doing is you want to add value to those around you. Is that a, is that a fair assessment? Yeah. And you know what? I, you know, it's funny. I was, I, I do a lot of introspecting and, uh, you know, as I was doing that this morning, I, I really and truly had this, this thought process go on, you know, five hours ago this morning when I was running and I thought, that's what I thought. I thought it's to inspire others. And then I thought I, I might not even be living my life for me. I'm living it for other people. And I don't, I don't know. I don't know if that's good or bad, but I know that I'm very happy doing things that fulfill me and inspire other people. Yeah. So however that shakes out, that's kind of how I'm made up. Yeah. No, I think that's a good thing. I mean, I get what you're saying when you kind of question it going, okay, well, is that a good thing or a bad thing? Because am I doing this? It is a little weird sometimes to think, okay, I've done these things. I want to inspire you because, you know, because I'm inspirational. That sounds a little vain, right? And we, we get uncomfortable exactly. thinking that. But the reality is, again, the way I look at it is, okay, you've you've stared what well, you've stared fear, doubt, and uncertainty in the face at an extreme level. And there's there's a tremendous amount of of lessons to be learned from that. When you know, not many of us would want to step in the arena of a UFC cage and face it down. That would that is frightening to me. But I get and understand why you would want to do that for the sake of trying to personally overcome that obstacle and the, the tactics and the techniques that you've used to face that fear head on can apply to everybody. You know, I don't have to step into a cage. Don't I mean the, the tactics that yep. you've learned to face that fear. I mean, it's the same. I could say the same thing about flying planes. I mean, the, the mm -hmm. tactics that I've used to learn how to fly planes and deal with stressful situations in the planes has Pr pr proved positive for me, profitable for me in the real world. And that's what Absolutely. you're trying, that's what you're trying to show, right? Yeah. Uh, yes. And, and it's, so two things here. I was, I'm, I'm reading a book. I just came across uh, the book is called Extreme Ownership by Jocko Willink. He's a, uh, an, a former Navy SEAL and he does just that. He does executive coaching with, with the SEAL principles applied right. to real life. And as I'm developing my speaking career, I, I do a great deal of schools and universities. And I also, which I, I'm really enjoying, I've done some corporate speaking. And everyone is telling me, 
you 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 really have to be either a corporate or you have to be a, a school you know a, a student and i'm thinking to myself the principles that i live by my curriculum what i call my elements of excellence they apply to a kid trying to get good grades as much as they apply to to a, a, an executive level yeah, absolutely yeah boss trying to get the most out of their employees so i just i feel like it's universal and it's it's a system an intentional system that has enabled me to to do the things I've done. Yeah, I don't buy that. Someone saying, "Well, you either be you got a corporate or this or that." I mean, well, you just got to be you, man. And you're right; they exactly. are universal. You know, n- nobody invented those principles; they just exist. They are the laws of the universe. And you're and you're slaying. You know, the fact that we have to slay dragons every day is is applicable to everybody. Everybody. Yep. And that's what you're teaching is the principles that you learned. I mean, you you. You've slayed dragons on a daily basis. I mean, literally, and and so how you slay those dragons on a daily basis can you're right can apply to a kid can apply to an executive. I don't buy that that you have to be one or the other. I think you, I, I'm with you. I think you just be you, and it is a universal area. You are passionate about kids. Though. I was looking at your website, and you do like to speak to kids, though, right? I do. You know, and the 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 reasoning for that when I was a kid. I was very driven. You know, I, I have a great support system. My parents are the best parents in the world. I have great siblings. And, you know, I was always so focused on I wanted to win a, a state title, a high school state title. I wanted to get straight A's. So that kept me away from drugs and alcohol. But even being, you know, kind of the alpha kid that I was who was, you know, winning state medals and beating people up on the wrestling mat, even as like uh, confident as I was, I felt so alone when I was around, you know, my peers, because starting at 12, 13, 14, up and through college, it was like drugs and alcohol were everywhere. And I just, I didn't want to be a part of it. It was, it was like oil and water. And I'm not saying that to make me sound any better than whatever. My best friends today are the same ones that were whatever when we were in high school, you know, times have changed, but it was, I felt so alone. And I see kids today who might feel that same loneliness and that same uh, anxiety. And I just want to say to them, look, I'm this, as you were saying, I'm this guy who slays dragons, but I was the same exact 13 year old kid that you are right now. Right. And so that really drives my passion. Well, I think what I love about that is, and you seem to be just even in this conversation, what I love about you and I think is the currency that's needed and I, I wish kids could see this, executives could see it, everybody, is the authenticity that's required and the transparency that's required to be successful. You can be a kick-ass dragon slayer, but you can also be authentic and vulnerable too. The thing that drives me crazy is when people think they have to slay dragons, you got to be this larger-than-life Conan the Barbarian type A, just kind of egotistical yeah. jerk. And that's not the case. The real warriors, and that's what, you know, I've said this before, where are the real warriors? And we don't see a lot of them because we think... You know, we get attracted to these, you know, Donald Trump-esque type figures thinking that that's what leadership is and it's not, right? It's that quiet – Yeah. it's that it's that intensity of will coupled with humility and that's what it, a successful – like what – and you get that. To be a successful MMA fighter, wrestler, you have to be a badass but you got to be humble at the same time. Yeah, and, and uh, uh, this is – I mean the conversation we're having is like the conversation I, I have in my head every day. <laughs> and uh-huh. you know, I, I, I tie up my school presentation talking about leadership, but you know, the, 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 a little uh, 
kind of a little saying that I say is leading is living, Mm -hmm. right? Leading is living. So it's like, you know, I can say a million things and I can do a million things, but when I get up and when I'm on the track or I'm in the gym or I'm, 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 you know, working and, and writing, et cetera, et cetera, you can't, I mean, there's no, there's no, you can't mistake it. It's Mm -hmm. like you're, you're doing it and people see it and maybe it'll inspire the right kid or the right person. And, you know, it, it truly is in the book that that extreme ownership book, you know, you talked about being a silent professional. That's that I try to main, maintain being a silent professional in everything I do. I love that. You're right. Yeah. I'm reading that book, by the way, I'm trying, he's supposed to come on the show, extreme ownership. So it's, it's interesting that you brought that up, but yeah, the silent professional, I love that, that kind of the image that you get with that, right? It's the, it's, yep. it's the officer and the gentleman, as we talked about in the Marine Corps, right? It's the, you know, you got to be the bloodstained warrior. Then you got to put on your best mess dress when you go, you know, and celebrate the decorum and everything. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's both of those things. Yeah. What, one of my favorite things is, uh, so if you, if you would see me in person, you know, people, if you Google me, you, you'll, you'll probably, I don't know, a little bit, you know, think, wow, this strong, tough fighter guy. If you saw me in person, you would probably laugh out loud because whenever <laughs> people see me, they're like, and they hear what I, I never say what I do ever. I never right, right. say it. I say, I work from home. I'm, I'm self-employed. What do you do? I, I teach like, uh, you know, sports and stuff. I just always, whatever. And then whenever it comes up, it's so funny, man. It, but it goes back to that idea of just being a silent professional. Yeah. I, I have nothing to prove. Right. People who, people who are, don't tell you that they are. They, exactly. They're just silent professionals. Right. I just made me think about Margaret Thatcher said a great quote one time. Oh, I'm going to screw it up. I shouldn't have even brought it up. But it's something to the fact that if you got to remind people that you're a lady, then you're not. You know, that's what she yeah, said. Yeah, exactly. You know? And that's what you're saying, right? If you got to remind people that you're a warrior, then you're really not a warrior. That's That's how yeah. I've always looked at it, you know. Yeah. Quiet, calm confidence. So what's next for you? So this is exciting. I'm I'm looking, I love the concept of taking your real life experiences. And I think everybody has a story. Your story is great. It's unique. And you're taking it to so to inspire others. I think more people should do that, right? Because it, it shows people that anything's possible. That's why I think, you know, like you said, if, a, if um this kind of High school Spanish teacher can become an MMA fighter. Then, yeah, then we can do anything. Why not? You know what I mean? That's what it, you, you play yeah. to your strengths. You play to your strengths, and you drive in your lane, and that's what you did. Exactly. My 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 keynote presentation is I, I titled it "Write Your Story," because that's exactly exactly what I encourage people to do. What I teach people to do through my experiences, through my journey, and it, it's a double a double meaning because I did write my story. I wrote my autobiography that tells my story. And, you know, I've coupled my, my five elements of excellence, five key principles that I live by. And that serves as the, the backbone of, of everything I speak about and everything I teach about in workshops. Um, and I'm doing that through, you know, speaking schools, like I said, corporate, I've worked for, for some universities. So I'm really at the, at the beginning phases of, of building this next, career, this next expression of myself, and that is in speaking and mentoring. I love it. And um, more power to you. And you always have a welcome home here at Dose of Leadership. I mean, consider that uh, a friendly and open vehicle anytime you want to talk leadership. You got an open mic here at, at the show. So I, I would like to extend that to you as you embark on this journey. One one million percent appreciated. And I'll, I'll in the 
not too distant future, I will be uh, starting a podcast, and I probably will call on you because oh, your definitely. list of guests is pretty incredible. <laughs> so I might say, hey, uh, can you connect me to someone? Absolutely, man. More than happy to help, and uh, it's exciting. Yeah, if you're going to start a show, I'll be more than happy to help help you in that arena as well. So who who are your heroes? Whose shoulders are you standing on as we wrap this up? I mean, who, who are your heroes? You know, I, I love that saying, you know, who, whose shoulders am I standing on? I look at, you know, aside from my my family, my parents in the sport of wrestling are exactly why I'm where I am today. 100% nothing else. You know, that that's it. You know, people that I look up to that inspire me and – this might not seem very deep, but I look at the rock, mm. you know, Dwayne Johnson. I look at the rock and whenever I talk to kids about creating a vision, I, I look at the rock every single day and actually Jocko as well on Instagram. You know, these guys are getting up four 30 in the morning and bust starting their day off, busting their butts, you know, getting ready to take it on, getting ready to do it. And those are the guys that I really and truly look up to and want to emulate to then pass it on to the next generation. You know, it, you know I, I get this from you and you're absolutely right. We've talked about this on the show a handful of times. I wish I could get, I try to get better at this. It's, it's the intentional daily habits, the little ordinary yeah. things that no one else is doing and doing them better than everybody else. And it's not the big grand gesture. It's the little non-sexy daily habit things and just doing them consistently and they, and they eventually pay off. You know, I think that's a big part because social media is a big part of my, my life. And, you know, I, sometimes I think to myself, like, I don't want people just to think that I'm like showboating or I do this and I'm great because it, but really it's for the people out there to see, you know what, he's doing it. I can do it too. Like it's, it's not, for me to make myself feel good about me, it's to kind of spread that virus of it will help you too. I love it. Well, I love your stuff, man. And how can people get in touch with you and learn more about you and um, Every, interact with you? Everything I do is hosted on my website, charlie-brenneman.com. If you have any trouble spelling, just Google Spaniard UFC. All my social media links are there. And one thing I'm really building, and this is this would be for the younger generation, but I'm I'm building a mentoring program and I'm looking for a handful of <laughs> the 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 kids of the listeners, actually, you know, kids who are driven, goal-oriented, and uh, you know, putting together a mentoring program that will be run virtually. And you can find the link on my website or just visit charlie-brenneman slash C-O-E for culture of excellence. And, uh, you know, that that's kind of my next project. Very cool. Yeah, I see this on your website, Building a Culture of Excellence. It's found under the Work With Me tab. Um, work With Me, you've got speaking and mentoring. And so, yeah, the Culture of Excellence, so I love the name. And it's a value-based system of living to teach for high school athletes. So, yeah, so any of the parents out there who have high school-age athlete kids – uh, go check out uh, Charlie's stuff, and uh, you got all. It's all right there for you. You can connect with him there. So I'll have links to this, Charlie, um, so people can find it easily. But I encourage all my listeners to check it out. <laughs> it's awesome that you just did that because I always try to. I always stumble through. If you go to my website and then you click on work with me and then you click on Mary. So yeah. <laughs> the fact that you did that, yeah. thank you. Oh, I love it <laughs> though, it and, I, me. and I love too that it's, you say it's not for everyone. It is for high school student athletes who's. Primary focus is to succeed in academic and athletics. It's not for student athletes who are content with the status quo and going with the flow. I love it, right? 
Yeah, my mindset is different. You know, I, I'm confident that you and I share similar mindsets, mm-hmm. um, you know, but not everyone does. And that is totally fine. Um, you know, just might not be the best, the best uh, way to spend your time. Yep. Accountability, personal growth, self-confidence, all the stuff that we talk about here on Dose of Leadership. Charlie, it's been a true honor to meet you. The Spaniard, what an honor to have you on the show. First MMA fighter on Dose of Leadership. I'm so glad to have you in my tribe. And I look forward to staying in touch with you. Ditto, man. I hope this is the beginning of something special. Right on. Richard invites you to become a part of the Dose of Leadership community. Visit doseofleadership.com and sign up to receive his free Common Sense Leadership ebook, a guide that highlights how all of us can learn to become calm, confident, consistent, and courageous in all aspects of our lives. Richard is also available as a speaker for your next event. Richard specializes in practical leadership and change management. He has a philosophy of inspiring everyone to think and act like a leader, which is based on timeless natural principles and common sense. You can get more info by visiting doseofleadership.com.